Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Crypto Entrepreneurs Podcast with your host, Charles. Enjoy. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Crypto Entrepreneurs Podcast. As always, it's your host, Charles, and today we've got a great one for you. So I'm going to be sitting down with Daniel from CoinFlip. And if you guys haven't heard about CoinFlip, they're actually the second largest crypto ATM company by number of machines, and they are the first by volume. These guys are titans of industry. And today we're going to be talking about how Daniel and his team built the company up and what their plans are to stay ahead of the curve and to stay at the top of the game. This isn't just an ATM episode. It's perfect for anyone who's got a business who really wants to excel and separate themselves from the pack. But before we get into all of that, I do just want to give a quick shout out to my sponsors. The first being Roundly X. I've been talking about these guys for close to two months now. I've been using their service. Dollar cost averaging in. It's been wonderful. How it works is you link your debit or credit card And with each purchase, it gets rounded up to the next dollar and that spare change gets invested into Bitcoin or another cryptocurrency of your choosing. It's very stress-free, very hands-off. It's kind of like the acorns of crypto. And if you haven't signed up already, you need to do it now. There's a link in the description below. Before the episode starts, pause it really quickly, sign up and start dollar cost averaging today. The second is CoinFlex. These guys have been making insane strides lately. Bunch of new development. They're actually the first physically delivered crypto futures exchange. On top of that, they have some of the lowest, if not the lowest fees in the market, depending on how much flex you own. And you're going to want to own some flex because flex staking just went live recently. They are paying out $10 USDT per thousand flex that you own per month. On top of that, they just recently implemented a new feature where you can limit in and out of your trades by just simply clicking the order book. It is perfect for scalpers. If you've seen the video that's going around, you can see, you've seen how easy it is. If not, go check it out. And lastly, These bracket order competitions are coming up. I've been hyping them for so long now and I'm so excited for them because they're giving away $10,000 a day to the winners. If you haven't already, there's a link in the description below. Go sign up, start learning how to use the exchange. Like I've said previously, there is a bit of a learning curve and you want to be ready for these competitions when they start. Now, let's sit down with Daniel and get into the episode. Uh, so Daniel, before we start talking about CoinFlip and the business that you have built, uh, can you just give us a little background on yourself and what you were doing before you found cryptocurrencies? Sure. So I mean, back in the day, um, I had just finished high school before I had heard of cryptocurrency. I was selling knives door to door. I had some finance internships. I was a student at Northwestern University in Evanston. It's like right near Chicago. And also, like, just for fun, you know, I used to do, well, I still practice uh, kung fu and jujitsu. Those are, like, things I do for fun. 
and then I also speak Russian. Okay, wow. Um, I really like that you've kind of given us everything about yourself, including some of your hobbies. Some of my guests are a little bit more cut and dry. They're just like, yeah, I was working in finance or whatever it is. But so it's good to no, know. Yeah, you know, I'm a real person. Yeah, there yeah. we go. It's it, it's nice it's to true. speak to somebody who has hobbies and interests outside of cryptocurrencies. Um, <laughs> And I, you, you mentioned that you were selling knives um, before you find kind of got into the crypto scene. And I think that's awesome. You know, the show is called the Crypto Entrepreneurs Podcast. Uh, so it's great to hear that you kind of had this little side business that you were doing beforehand. Um, so can yeah, you yeah. kind of now walk us through the, your story in crypto, I guess, and how you made your way to CoinFlip? And then can you talk to us about what CoinFlip is and why you started it? Yeah, it's totally fine. That's obviously the most common question I get during these things. So I've gotten really good at telling it. <laughs> um, so basically what happened was probably around my freshman year of college, I heard about um, Bitcoin because the Silk Road, well, the price had spiked and the Silk Road had just been seized by uh, federal authorities. So there was like a lot of like news surrounding the space because the price dump and because of the price pump rather. And because people were obviously when the feds do something, you know, people listen. So there was, um, there's all these articles about Bitcoin, but like, I kind of just like left it alone. Um, but then, you know, I just went about my life doing my things, you know, I was doing Kung Fu, Jiu Jitsu, whatever, like going to school, but it kept, um, Bitcoin kept coming up in news articles, like probably like once every few weeks, I would see something about Bitcoin. So eventually I did more research and I'm like, you know, okay, this is actually goes beyond just like buying things online or whatever like it's actually like a cool alternative cryptocurrency it's not issued by government it's like kind of like digital gold you know i, I want to get my hands on some bitcoin so i went the way i got bitcoin was I actually went to the first ever bitcoin atm in chicago it was at this empanada's place called cassava um by a company called midwest btc i don't think they're around anymore so i used their bitcoin atm but I wasn't actually a huge fan. Um, it was really hard to feed the bills in and it took a while to get the crypto. So what I did next was I went on localbitcoins.com. I don't know if you've heard of the site, but it's like one of the OG crypto sites. Um, but back in the day, they used to have in-person meetups. Like they don't have that option anymore in the United States, but like what you could do is you could meet up with somebody, you know, I would put cash on the table, they'd give me Bitcoin. So that's exactly what I did. I went to a Starbucks, put cash on the table, received Bitcoin. And the person I was trading with, you know, we kind of started talking. We're like, you know, even though the Bitcoin ATM that I previously used wasn't good, uh, it's still a good idea in general. Because one, again, if you're going to put money down enough times in a Starbucks, like you're probably going to get shot and killed. <laughs> and second, um, it's not really scalable. Like you're only able to do trades with as many people as you can physically meet face to face. So you kind of just need some kind of machine standing there taking orders all day if you're going to scale this. So we had gone back to the ATM concept and like, even though it was bungled um, for Midwest BTC or whatever the company I used, um, we still thought that theory behind Bitcoin ATMs was good. So we wanted to see what we could do in the space. And it was kind of like, you know, I used the money I had saved up, whatever, same with the partner. We got an ATM and kind of just like figured it out from there. There we go. So you kind of saw this need 
uh, with these kind of primitive machines and local Bitcoin meetups. And you said, you know, we're going to we're going to kind of copy what they're doing, but we're going to do it better. Uh, and it's worked extremely well for you guys. Uh, I think if I'm correct in saying this, you guys are the number two Bitcoin ATM company by number of machines. Is that correct? Yeah, my number of machines were number two. We were number one for a brief bit and trying to get that back. And we are number one by volume there because our go. fees are so much lower than our competitors. Okay, so see, this is kind of the stuff I wanted to get into, which was, you know, how did you build it up into the largest at one point, largest still by some metrics, uh, but let's just say you're, you know, very high, top of the game. How'd you build it up to be one of the biggest ATM companies, uh, Bitcoin uh -huh. ATM companies out there? Uh, a lot of grit and a lot of luck. <laughs> I would say those are, um, those are the combination of those two things. Um, you know, I happen to find really good business partners that, you know, also have the same dream of, you know, building this Bitcoin ATM network. It was kind of like the industry was very young at that point. So like what I could like, you know, get away with before, it's probably not something I can get away with now, like running the machine, running the business on like two or three ATMs was still profitable and good back then. Whereas now, like you probably need some sort of scale because you know, you're paying the banks, you're paying the armored cars, you're paying for compliance, you know, all this kind of stuff that probably just didn't even exist back then. So I kind of got in it at the right time where that I didn't really need like, you know, VC funding to still be like successful. You know, one thing led to another, it was kind of one of those products that once you put down and like marketed, like people used because there was an immediate need. Like I knew that for myself, you know, I knew that there were probably other people like me. So, there was an immediate need, you know, once we got the money for another ATM, we put down another ATM. And once we got money from the profits and then we put down a third and so forth, um, obviously starting out like regulations were like super huge. Um, Bitcoin, you know, wasn't super regulated at the time, but there still was a FinCEN regulatory guidelines. So I had read the story about, you know, Charlie Shrem getting popped. Um, and I saw that Basically, what I needed to do to avoid being like him was to register as an MSB and to have like an AML KYC policy. So I did all that. Um, I got a letter of no action from the regulators saying we could operate in Illinois, which was the only state we were in at the time. And yeah, I mean, we just kind of took it step by step by step. I think a lot of also what's really good about our team, though, is like kind of we we all really trust each other and get along. Like a lot of it's my friends from like college and high school, people I had known from before. So there is kind of that um, bond that allows us to, you know, probably work more hours and just kind of be more aggressive than some of our competitors. And we're also all very young. So we did have some of those advantages going in, but, you know, a lot of it was just figuring it out as we went, you know, because there's no real playbook. Yeah, you, you kind of just uh, had to go with the flow and make it happen. Now things are a little bit different because there are companies like you with, tons of machines and for someone smaller to compete it's it's a little bit more difficult um right but let's 100%. okay so let's talk about what you're kind of what you do for expansion now like uh, a couple things that come to mind you know a couple questions would be like you know what are you looking for for new locations how do you find these new locations how are you getting into them that kind of thing yeah so that's actually something that you and all of your viewers can take advantage of is we have an open sales program uh, we pay salesperson to find uh, salespeople to find locations for us. We pay them an upfront and a little bit of a residual on the back end. Um, basically, what that's like is we're looking for stores like convenience stores, gas stations, bars, 
um, some low end restaurants, just like places that have good parking, good hours and are like relatively private, you know, cause you're walking around with a lot of cash. Um, and the way we get these locations is actually pretty easy. It's like, and we just call up these um, stores and the biggest, um, issue there is just kind of finding a decision maker to talk to. But once you find the decision maker, like once you find the person that owns the gas station or whatever it is, it's actually a very easy sell because we're not really selling anything. Um, we're giving you, you know, we're putting this thing in your, um, in your location free of charge. It's about two square feet on the bottom. So it's like, it doesn't take up very much space at all. We're going to give you rent every single month. Um, we're going to give you a profit share if the machine does well. And it's not like it's a regular ATM where people are going to it, you know, and being like, oh, yo, that's cool. Like, I'll get cash from this regular ATM. It's like a location where, you know, people aren't coming up to it and being like, oh, yeah, I'll buy some Bitcoin. Like, they're searching for it ahead of time. So our marketing actually brings people into that gas station, you know, about like 1,500 people that never would have seen it otherwise in a year. So the store only wins. You know, they get money for, you know, a very small footprint. If it does really well, they get even more money and they get the free marketing that we provide That's, sending 1,500 people to the store. Yeah, it's definitely a win-win, which has allowed you guys to expand pretty rapidly. Well, like, you know, how do you, yeah, yeah, like how do you, how do you want to stay in business, you know, with Jeff Bezos knocking at your door, like this is how. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll bring you some customers, we'll pay you some rent. Uh, so you mentioned this open sales program. Uh, do you mind disclosing the numbers, like what you guys pay if somebody finds the store for you guys and you actually make it into yeah. that store? For um, So basically what we do for salespeople is we give them $200 if they find a non-24-hour location up front. We give them $300 if they find a 24-hour location. And then we give them 1.5% of fees for two years. Wow. Typically comes out to a total payout of around $1,800. There we just go. for making a call. Yeah. You know, that, and, great passive income. And um, so you guys, I'm assuming, have a sales team. So if, if one of my listeners was like, oh, I know of a great place, they put you in contact with the owner or something, or is it that they need to go out, make that sale, and then come to you guys? Well, yeah. I mean, it's really easy for us to be like, oh, I'd like it in that place. I'd like it in that place. But yeah, we actually do need the salespeople to uh, close the deals. Um, it's very simple, though. We have a one-page contract, and, and all they need is that and IRS W-9. So we try to make it super simple. Um, the host also get three months of rent up front. So to make it kind of like an easier transition. Yeah, that's. Uh, it sounds like a win-win-win there. And it's it's not like your typical business. You think, you know, they have to expand pretty much on their own. You guys have this nice referral or sales program that has allowed you to expand at pretty much no work for you guys. There is a cost to it, but you don't have to put right. any work into it. Um, can we right. dive? Yeah, I mean, you have to manage people, but besides that, you're right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, can we dive a little bit more into the regulations? Because you said you have to register as an MSB, which is a money servicing business, correct? Correct, yeah. And then you have to deal with KYC. So uh, maybe not the regulation, but when I go up to one of your machines, what does it take for me to get some Bitcoin? What do I need to give? What sure. information do I need to give you? So regardless of the information, like the tiers of where you buy, we try to get you out the door in five minutes or less, even if it's your first time using the ATM ever and you still have to register. So for under $900, it's very simple. You just put in your name, which is checked against like a terrorist watch list. Um, you put in your phone number, it'll send you a text to make sure the phone number is legit. 
for over 900 hours, you scan your ID on the machine's camera, and then you also take a selfie. Our support reps typically get those confirmed in under five minutes. I mean, when you consider that, like when you combine that, sorry, rather compare that with Coinbase, you know, you're talking around sometimes in a bull market, you know, two, three months to get your identity confirmed. So we make it really, really simple. We try to make it as easy as possible to obtain Bitcoin. And then if you want over $3,000 up to $8,000 a day, we also ask for some additional information like, you know, purpose of funds, source of funds, social. And then we are also working on an even higher tier for making it um, $12,000 a day. And then that'll probably um, require some sort of like video chat or something a little bit more um, comprehensive. There we but go. Regardless, you know, we're trying to make it as painless as possible, get people out the door in five minutes with their coin. Yeah, I mean, you think if you think of the people who are making their first time purchase, uh, I, I would say that a lot of them are making a purchase of under, you said it was $900. I would say, you know, $1,000 is, you yeah. know, pretty consistent or standard for someone who's making their first time purchase, especially younger people. Um, and to go through an exchange is, like you were saying, a hassle and a half. You're providing yeah. IDs, waiting to get verified. A lot of people don't get verified uh, and then they aren't able to buy it. The benefits of your guys' machines is you walk up, you give them, you guys, very limited information if you're trying to purchase small amounts. Uh, so you guys are providing a wonderful service. Uh, is there anything else that you think you can contribute your success to? Uh, because number one in some metrics and number two in others is quite a feat. And I feel like everyone wants to kind of be at the top of their game uh, in any part of this industry, we're all kind of fighting for market share, trying to get to the top as quickly as possible. Uh, so do you have anything else that you can contribute your success to that my audience and other entrepreneurs can kind of implement uh, to get to the top of their game? Um, just doing the right thing every single day. You know, not um, I mean, obviously, I have a plan for the big picture, but just kind of being present um, in the day and now, like currently, um, always know what you have to do. Uh, don't be too delusional with what's in front of you. You know, you obviously, again, should be, you're gonna be delusional if you're gonna be an entrepreneur anyway. So you should still take most things that you see with the healthy dose of like skepticism, you know, try to like take things as they are versus how you want them to be. Um, invest, I mean, I still probably to this day invest probably 99% of our profits back into the business. So that's a huge factor if you were trying to grow quickly without taking outside money is you wanna keep putting the money back in, back in, back in every day. So that's obviously huge. And just um, the main thing is just being gritty. Um, like a lot of things aren't going to go your way pretty much all the time. But, you know, the one thing that does go your way might make up for all the 20 that didn't. You know, they always say that. And just like being able to have like a thick skin because things are going to get real bad. There's just no way around it. But like it's how you deal with those situations where you can like really progress if you can get through them versus just packing it in. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny and sad to say, I've been running this show for over a year now. I've had on 80 plus traders and entrepreneurs, and I actually just recently went back through the list of all of them. I've started listening to them again to work on some stuff for my website. And right. it's shocking how many of the people that have been on in the past have either given up or completely pivoted and moved on to something else, another business, another anything really. 
Um, yeah. And it, yeah. it's crazy because the people who haven't, I look at the businesses they have now and where they were at, you know, six to 12 months ago, and they're starting to become those people who are kind of the top of their niche within a niche. Um, so it's either you give up and you, you fail or you push through it and you kind of get to the top, like you're saying. Um, 100%. And there's no guarantees. No, you know, of course I, not. I, I never like, you know, there, you could literally try everything and not have it work out. Like for us, like for example, getting a bank was a really hard part of the business. Like big, um, banks would be like, oh yeah, we're down with like crypto ATMs or whatever. We're down with cryptocurrency. But then like later they would either change their decision or the compliance department would like look more deep, deeper into it and be like, no, we can't help your account. So like if we had given up on bank one, two or three, um, you know, we'd have definitely be out. But like you keep trying, we were fortunate enough to get a bank but there are sometimes factors like outside your control that like just will not go your way. But that's, it's more about then whatever your next project is, just bringing that same grit because eventually you're going to be right. Yeah. The banking issue. I actually had one of my buddies on who runs a smaller ATM operation. I think he Mm -hmm. had close to 10 or 20 ATMs or something like that. And uh, he said the exact same thing pretty much was, which was the banking issue. Um, you know, not many people in the industry with their Bitcoin ATMs can get banking. Uh, and that's why a lot of them have gone under. Um, right. So quick, right. quick question. Say someone's listening to this. Uh, is it realistic to start one of these operations with a single ATM? Can somebody like me go ahead and start an a- Bitcoin ATM business and turn it into something that you have? Uh, the short answer is no. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't think that's really feasible okay. at this point. Can we, um, can like, we kind of explore why? Just the scale. I mean, like what I said, like so, some of these costs that just like didn't exist three or five years ago now exist and have even gone up, you know, with tariffs, whatever, like you have to pay for an AML compliance policy. That was always the case. You have to have a dedicated compliance officer on your team. You have to pay bank, like you have to pay banks to stay open a lot of times, like on deposits, whatever. Like they're not just going to take your business for free. You have to pay the armored cars because, like you know, back in the day, maybe it was fine to like pull your own cash, take it to the bank, whatever. But now, you know, with like regulations, like you know, for the bank to take you, they don't want you pulling your own cash. They don't. They want to have all control of the cash. So you now need to pay an armored car. You have to like all these regulatory and compliance costs like you need state registrations um you need legal opinions it's just uh you know i'm not to say that you can start it with like 50 atms or 100 but like i mean with a single one you know it's possible maybe but like you're going to be running in place for a while yeah it's, you'll, you'll it's just my be... my humble opinion okay. and i'm going to eat for lunch so there's that <laughs> there we go uh there's big competitors in place and you'll just be running at a huge deficit it sounds like to start um so someone with like 50 it's possible i think my buddy's still going strong he's got something like 20 atm so big right. well who knows him. maybe he, he might have started in a time you know he didn't start just yesterday right no he did not right so he could be he could be grandfathered into all those things he could get his thing down to a science there we you know go. there's reasons and there's just like some extraordinary people out there that can do anything regardless of like circumstances oh yeah this this guy kills it and i, I don't want to take away from your episode here uh, so i don't oh, wanna, sorry, right? you know i don't want to go off and you know talk about how great this guy is like you guys have clearly done something amazing you're you're at the very top you know so it's i it's amazing to talk to you and i really appreciate you taking the time um 
So I always Super like, great to here. Oh, I really appreciate it. Um, so I actually ask all of my guests this and it's, you know, what you're most excited for in the coming 12 months. Do you guys have anything big in your pipeline? Are you planning on expanding anything like that? Yeah. So, I mean, the main focus is going to be doing what we do best, uh, putting down Bitcoin ATMs, obviously. So I want to get to at least a thousand ATMs within the United States by the end of the year. But then we're also going to explore some additional services. Like we already take credit cards on our website. So I want to keep expanding the amount of ways you can purchase crypto. So hopefully we're going to start a high-end uh, retail OTC desk in the coming months. And then just to make give the customers an additional value add, uh, we're also working on a wallet and an app. So those are like the big things I see. And uh, for my audience, how many uh, ATMs do you guys have right now? Uh, around 430. 430 and you guys plan to hit a thousand this year. That is absolutely insane growth. Uh, yeah, we're trying, you know, I'm pushing these guys real hard. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, hopefully, they don't every day, but you know. Hopefully we can get some people who are <laughs> yeah. listening to this out there, getting them into stores for you. Um, oh, yeah. So yeah. It, I, I think the main takeaway here is that you guys are not being complacent you know you're continuing to push the business continuing to grow the business i think some people just kind of get to where they're at and then they stop pushing they get comfortable and you guys are like no we're going for an otc desk a wallet an app we'll be at a thousand atms like the growth that you guys are showing and that you want to see is unreal and unmatched and i think you guys are going to stay at the top of the game for the foreseeable future so big congratulations there. Um, you know, thank you so much. I, yeah, of course, of course. Uh, we kind of talked about this already, but I also like to ask this other last question. Um, and I'm going to preface it by saying you said that you couldn't start with a single ATM uh, or 50. 50 might be the number to start. But say CoinFlip disappeared. You know, you didn't have it anymore and you wanted to get back to where you're at today. Can you talk to us about the very first thing that you would do to get there? Well, there's a lot of parameters there. Like, who do I have left? Like, who's disappeared? Is all is the whole workforce gone? Like, what well, you know, why why did things disappear? <laughs> I I don't know what happened, but everything's gone other than the original. You know, whoever you founded this with, everybody else is gone. You're you are on your own. You're just you know starting off, and you're like, I want to build the biggest ATM Bitcoin ATM business in the game. What's your first step? Uh, the first step at this point is uh, probably um, raise funds. Re yeah, I was gonna say like I'm probably gonna need some money now. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. If I don't know if I'm gonna be doing it the VC route, but I'm definitely gonna at least take a bank loan or something okay. to try to get this started. Um, the first thing I'm gonna do is at least be uh, is look on the bright side and be positive that at least I know kind of what to do now. There we um, go. Even though everything I've done is incinerated into flames for some reason but um, <laughs> well no see that's now, the reason i like to ask like, all right you know you know count the blessings be grateful and just be like all right at least now i know who to call who to go to what to do so maybe i'll have like some sort of leg up to like try to compete there we go see yeah, no, the reason i ask is because you have that experience you've been through this whole process and it's kind of a sly way of me asking you uh to tell my audience how they can start a business and compete with you uh, so for anyone who's listening, go get that loan, talk to some VCs. You might be able to compete. I doubt it. Or, or you can start a different business <laughs> and, and not necessarily, I mean, you know, 
I'm I'm actually personally a fan of like businesses where you don't need a lot of money. Yeah. Like where you can start with like a very small proof of concept and then that proof of concept kind of like gains way to the, you know, to scaling up. Like, you know, people want it. You didn't put that much money in. There's not that much risk. So you can kind of like start a lot of businesses that way, kind of just to test the waters. And then once the waters are tested, then you can like really scale it up. Like I'm not a huge fan of like, you know, getting five to 10, 20, whatever, $50 million to test some idea that we don't even really know if it works and we don't really know if it's ever going to be profitable. Of course. Yeah. You guys are actually, you know, one of the bigger businesses that I've had on. I've had a couple crypto exchanges that are rather large, uh, but you guys are up there with, you know, if someone wanted to start it, it would take a lot of money. Uh, normally I have, you know, the small business guys, the side hustle guys, uh, stuff that you can start with a very limited amount of money. Uh, so this is right. a little bit different. And that question, you know, it's a little bit harder um, when when the answer is, oh, yeah, raise $20 million or something like that. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. So exactly. I, I appreciate you walking us through how you kind of created the business, how you've built it into this great success. Uh, you gave us a tip there at the end. Uh, two other things or one other thing, and then I wanted to ask if you had anything else. Uh, but I asked my buddy this as well, because um, when you talked about, oh, hey, we've got this. Uh, sales program. The first thing that always pops into my head when I think of where an eight Bitcoin ATM should be is a casino. Have you guys talked to any casinos? Like this is just for my personal knowledge. Like, okay, so casinos, I would not. I would say are decent places. Uh, the problem with casinos, though, is it would probably be hard to find the ATM inside the casino because the casino is massive. There we go. And another problem is that our manufacturer um, really does not like us to put ATMs in casinos because thinks gambling is immoral so um that's a bit another big reason why we don't have atms and casinos um you know i don't have a huge problem with it but i as the manufacturer that i've had a great relationship with for five years i will respect his opinion there we go yeah i mean if it's working with him why why do anything to upset him it's just always funny like that's <laughs> that for some reason that's the first thing that pops into my head it's like yeah, you're not the only one. That's a common one that people ask me about. It's like, oh, yeah, why no casinos? Why no casinos? Right. Obviously, people are gambling. People are taking money in. People are taking money out. People are getting drunk. You know, like exactly. a lot of, yeah, a lot yeah. of I mean, like a lot of the, the person who is going and seeking these machines out, they obviously believe in Bitcoin. It's not some like, you know, just random purchase as a quote unquote gamble. Uh, but I right. think it's a very small set of the po subset of the population. And so I'm just like, you know, what, what can you do to get the everyday person to buy some from a Bitcoin ATM? Um, yeah, 100%. but okay. Totally understand why you're not in casinos. Um, last, before we go, I do want to thank you. And I just want to ask if you have anything else that you want my audience to know. Yeah. Just that you can always find ways to make money with coin flip. You know, I want to make the community rich as well as, you know, our employees and us. Um, like I said, there is the sales program. We have a referral program. So, if you get somebody to use a CoinFlip ATM or you get somebody to use our upcoming OTC desk, you'll get 15% of the transaction um, of the transaction fee. So we just kind of always want to make it so that everyone we speak to can succeed from this opportunity. There we go. Perfect. I'm going to have a link to your guys' website in the description below. Uh, so for anyone who wants to check out either of those referral programs or the sales program, uh, please do. Is there anything else you'd like me to include in the description that my audience can go check out? 
Um, no, that's it. I mean, just keep grinding. You know, the bear market can't last much longer. So prepare for a party. There we go, man. I, I get, I love your attitude. I love your mindset. You seem very down to earth for someone who owns such a successful company. Uh, and again, I, I do thank you for coming on. Grateful to be here. Like I said, thank you for having me. Of course. All right. That wraps up another episode. Thanks for tuning in guys. I just want to take a quick second to remind you to leave us a review and subscribe to the show. We would greatly appreciate it if you did. And we look forward to seeing you next episode.